0: I know a lot of you in here, so um, some of you know my story and some don't. So um, I love uh, The Battlefield is the Mind because that is my testimony. But I never told anybody. No one knew it. I used to tell my husband when I first met him, I got a story up here that you never know. But God knew, didn't he? And so um, God had to um, set me free from some things. So I wrote some scripture, too, um, because these are verses that um, I call in my arsenal I keep an arsenal because I think we fight a battle regularly. Um, and so I do have some scripture. So, um, but I, first I want to start with this because sometimes I talk a long time and I want to make sure these points. So i kind of am going backwards. I'm starting about what I learned and then telling you how I got there. So um, this is what 18 years ago. This is kind of cool. I was doing the math and it did work out. I'm just older than I thought I was. But um, I didn't accept Christ until I was 15. And um, for 18 years... I lived in bondage that no one knew about but God and I complained and argued with him and yelled and all that sort of thing and it's a little bit different I thought whenever somebody said bondage that means I had some sort of an addiction and I really didn't but I was still living in bondage well 18 years ago I went to a Bible study and I'll explain how I got there and that sort of thing and I went through what you all are going through so 18 years in bondage, and guess what? 18 years free. I thought that was really cool. Um, I figured that out today, and you know, Trinity asked me last what, month ago or so, and I think that's just really cool that it ended up being the same exact number. So um, what I know now, but I didn't believe back then. Now, this is going to seem very elementary. Very, you're going to be like, you didn't believe that? As a Christian? You Honestly, I did not believe that, and I'll explain why in just a minute. So I'm going to say these, and you know these. Jesus and him alone can, can and will set us free, right? We know that. I wouldn't have told you that 18 years ago, okay? Um, and the verse that I use, of course, that I think about, that I dwell on, is John 8, verse 31 to 32, where he says, If you abide in my word, which was very important for me, and as it is for everyone, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So Him, he, he can do it alone. Set me free. Set us free. Number two, something I didn't believe 18 years ago. It's hard to believe I didn't believe this, but I didn't. There is an enemy, what um, Trinity was talking about up there, that third thing on his list, there was an enemy who does not want us free, right? We can all agree about that. He doesn't want us free. In fact, he wants us deceived and in bondage. And that's my testimony. I lived deceived and in bondage for 18 years. So the verse that I I, uh, hang on to and cling to is Ephesians 6.12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And I always like to stop and talk about deception, because I think if you know you're being deceived, that's not deception, right? I didn't know I was being deceived. I would have told you I was fine because I came to church and they said, how are you? I'm good. I'm fine. I had two little girls that I chased. But I was tormented in my mind. Okay. So um, I wrote down some things about deception and I thought these were good. Um, Somebody described deception as taking someone for a ride. And I thought that makes a lot of sense to me. It's a trickier cousin of lies, so deception is the trickier cousin of lies. It's believing an untruth, and I believed it for years. 18 weary years, even though I was a Christian, I was deceived by lies that the enemy had fed me for my entire life. So number three, the third thing that I, be- I know now that I had trouble believing back then is that only God is always present, all-knowing, and all powerful. Only God can read your mind. Humans can't read your mind, other humans, and the enemy cannot read your mind, which I thought he could. I, I seriously thought, okay, every time I think something, the enemy's listening. And I had to learn that he cannot read, he could read my actions, but he can't read my mind. So um, that was very important for me, because I never told a soul, not even my husband. He didn't even know my story. The first time he heard my testimony after I went through my steps to freedom, he, he didn't realize some of the things because I've never said it. And that is so sad that we can't be open about our <coughs> issues, for lack of a better word. So First John 4 4 says, He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. I seriously thought that God and Satan were equal, opposite forces. And I've been taught that God was more. I, t- I was taught that, but that's not what I believed. And so there was my more deception for me. So why did I believe all this? So now I'll get into my testimony. Okay, so first of all, I was raised in a uh, non-practicing Christian home. What I mean by that is my parents, uh, my, not that preacher's kids are bad, but my dad was a preacher's kid. He was very uh, anti-church. Just say that. So, very, um, so they didn't practice Christianity in our home. In fact, I was a makeup baby. You know what I mean? My parents should have been split up before I was born um, because they did not get along my entire life. Um, but I was dropped off at church periodically. Um, so, I knew the story. And then we'd go home and my dad would put on his suit and we'd go to my grandmother's church and he'd act okay and then he'd leave and be the same. So, I did know the stories of Christianity. Um, I knew about Jesus, I knew about um, salvation, I knew all of that stuff, but, and this is another thing, and I usually, if I give my testimony to youth, I really talk to them about this, because when I was dropped off at the little bitty tiny church in my community, I was from a broken family, and that was unusual for my days. I mean, my parents were together, but everyone knew they were broken, everyone. My dad played country music in a juke joint every weekend. And my mom quit high school and worked as a waitress down at the local pub thing. And people kind of, hmm, when I would walk in. So I remember I was nine years old. Think about if you have children or family, nine years old. And I said, I never want to be a Christian. They're the meanest people I've ever met. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a big deal for a nine-year-old. And I said I would never, never be a Christian when I was nine years old. So um, I did see families in the community. A lot of my, na- my next door neighbor, they were Christians and they seemed to have it all together. And you know, he'd come home from work and the girls would jump up in his lap and while I took the key by myself at nine years old to get into my house. My parents were really not there um, because they had their own lives. I'm the youngest of four and my siblings are quite a bit older than me. So I was really alone. And so I looked for a family. That was my goal, and it wasn't going to be Christians. Nope, they were too mean. So I was looking for a family. So one Christmas, I said, Mom, I want a Ouija board. Everybody know what those are? know what Ouija boards are? Well, if you don't know what they are, don't look them up. They are evil. Um, I got a Ouija board, and basically it tells you your future kind of thing. You ask it questions, and it tells you your future. The difference is, is it's a game, right? Not to me. That was my friend the Ouija board, and what came with it. Um, I began to have seances. Nine years old, ten years old, right in there, (laughs) seances. Um, I had a demon guide, which means I asked a demon to guide me instead of Jesus. I mean, you know, I'm just being honest. That's what I did. Uh, He had a name. I won't tell you his name, but he had a name. Uh, I believed in him, and he felt good to me. I felt loved because the Christians weren't nice, so I had to get something. So um, I began to read uh, scary books, um, watch scary movies. I um, hung out with some bad friends. All of this before I was 13. Um, started hanging out with some boys um, that I shouldn't have been hanging out with. I had freedom, right? My parents weren't home, so I could do whatever I want. Well, um, I always say that the darkness, that that number three, I don't know how it was worded, but it always starts off real nice, and then it doesn't. And here I was, a little kid, I even contemplated, do I, well, if Jesus can come into your heart, well, what about Satan? Could he do it too? But I knew enough not to do that. Very grateful for that. I knew enough about it. So I used to call it dabbling. Have you heard that word? You know, I'm dabbling in the occult. Yeah, that's dabbling is not a strong enough word. So um, I began to have some negative thoughts, started having um, pretty bad negative thoughts as far as uh, myself, the way I felt about myself, the way I felt about my life, angry, angry, um, very bitter against my parents, very bitter against my siblings because they just left me there. Couldn't they have taken me with them? Um, All sorts of unforgiveness building in this little girl heart. So about when I turned 15, I um, met a boy, of course, you know, met a boy. And uh, his family was also, um, his mom and dad had recently divorced. Mom was super sweet. And one of her guidelines was you have to come to church. I said, oh, I got this. I got this. I know exactly how to act to keep this boy. But God knew better. And I went to a youth retreat on a Wednesday night. And you know how you're in a church and the preacher's preaching to you and you're like trying to move and he's steadily watching (laughs) you. And that is what I felt like in the back of the church. Well, when it was over, I ran to the altar because I knew how broken I was. This was not the same church I had been dropped off. This was a new church. They were very loving They were um, very accepting of me. No one knew my family, which, you know, they ended up knowing them, but they didn't know them at that time. So they loved me despite where I came from. So I thought, this is another thing, deception. I thought, okay, now I'm a Christian. It's all going to be good. Roses and happiness and lollipops and no trouble whatsoever. Well, that didn't happen, right? We all know that, but, you know, I'm 15 years old. When I turned 16, I walked into my living room where my mom was bleeding out of her nose because she'd taken a bottle of pills. Um, that was pretty hard. So I had to call the, the doctor. She, she lived. She attempted suicide, but she lived. Um, <clears throat> but those thoughts came back one year later of, see, this is just who you are. This, you see this? This is going to be you. Never told anybody, but that's what I thought. So she attempted suicide when I was 16. My dad was in and out of the house. They fought every time they were together. I was alone still, still dating the boy, Um, still going to church, still walking in. How are you doing? Fine. Everything's good. Um, Then my mom's brother committed suicide. My uh, cousin, her sister's son, committed suicide. Um, So you can see that really this is my legacy is what the enemy lied to me about this is where you're going to be. It's just who you are. The negative thoughts in your head, it's just your personality, right? Those are the lies I believed. And you know what? I believed them hook, line, and sinker. Believed them. Never asked my pastor. Never asked my boyfriend's mother. Never asked anyone. Just put on the church smile when I would go in and dwell on these thoughts over day after day after day. So I also, another uh, thought that I dwelled on was I would never have a happy marriage. Because I have three siblings, two of them lived off with happy marriages, but my oldest sister who lived down the street had a terrible marriage, and my mom and dad did. So I never saw a good marriage. So really I thought, well, this is my legacy too. Not going to have one of those either. So I decided I wasn't going to get married, but God saw differently, and I met my husband, and we got married when I was 29 years old. Never told him, afraid he'd run for the hills if he knew what was in my head, and the battle that I was daily, nightly, every second of the day, that I'd be driving my van, and I'd think, these were thoughts that I would think constantly, drive into a tree, drive off the bridge. We lived on the coast, we'd go out in a boat, jump off the boat. I mean, constantly, but I thought that was normal, right? Everybody has that. I never knew what the battle was, still going to church and that sort of thing, but not talking to anybody. I keep saying that because that was a huge thing for me. If I would have just opened up to my Sunday school teacher, to my pastor, I would have gotten some counseling to help me, but I never did. So I got married, and I had two little girls, and some of you know those little girls, um, and they were four and two. And um, I, I was in constant battle, and I was complaining and whining to God all the time, by the way. I was like, I can't believe you made me this way. Why am I, why is this the family, you know, just complaining to him? Well, I, I told Rhonda when I came in um, that God set me up, and I'm so glad he did. What happened was my neighbors invited me to a Bible, to a church. We were kind of in between churches, driving a long way with a, anybody have a four-year-old and a two-year-old? <laughs> Yeah, it was a long way to get 45 minutes to keep them happy. So this little church was about 20 minutes away, and um, it was a non-denominational church, and that you know that was fine with us. And so we we um, were invited, and so we went in, and we thought it was really good. They were very warm, all that sort of. I put on my smile, everything was good, and they announced a Bible study that was coming up, and so they said there are flyers in the in the foyer. Get you a flyer on your way out. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll go It's a Sunday night Bible study. And I didn't even see the name of it because this is the book. It's 18 years old, by the way. I didn't even see the name of it because all I saw, and I should have, if you can see that right there, it says overcoming negative thoughts. And I thought to myself, somebody's reading my mail. I got to get in there. I didn't know this was a thing that Christians even talked about. So I rushed to this Bible study. And let me tell you, the enemy didn't like it. I started, and I started having thoughts of suicide with my children in the car now, and that had never happened before. Well, that scared me, because I thought, what if I do right off the road? What if I listen to this thought and I do it? And still not telling anybody those thoughts, just that I had them. So I go to my very first um, session. Um, like I said, the thoughts started happening, and uh, it was very, a lot of people were there, just like here. People want freedom. So there were a lot of people there. We all kind of told a little bit about ourselves. And um, the second week we went, and then the second week my friends stopped coming that invited us. And so I thought, well, okay, I'm obviously here for a reason. So we kept going. The third week, my husband had to go out of town. Bible study on Sunday night. That Sunday, I had more temptation to not go. Like, I had people invite me to parties that had never even called me in years. I had um, a work thing that was going on. People were saying, well, Rick's not there, so why would you go by yourself with the two little girls? And I thought, this is strange. So I said, I'm going. I'm going. Because I wanted to get rid of the thoughts And I thought it was a magic thing. I didn't know I could just open the Bible and do this. No one ever taught me that way. So I go in, and we're sitting around like y'all are here, and we were chit-chatting and everything, and there were two ladies there, and they were just laughing about menopause, is what they were laughing about, but they kept using the words chemical imbalance. And I thought, I can't, they're making fun of me. I have, they don't even know that I have a chemical imbalance and am living with clinical depression that I'm not telling about. So I started to cry. Brand new church. Everybody's looking at me and I'm steadily, I mean, sobbing, crying. And the the pastor gets up, he's teaching it and he looks at me and he looks at his wife and he looks at the assistant pastor and they're like, what is happening here? Nobody asked me. The end of the session, he comes over and he says, are you okay? And I said, I'm afraid to go home. He said, is everything okay at home? I'm not going to make it through the night. That's what I told him. I had no plan. I had no definite this is what. I just knew I wasn't going to make it. That's what I knew. So he prayed with me. They offered for me to, they didn't even know me, but they knew I had these two little girls. They knew Rick was out of town in Virginia. all, He couldn't even fly home to get to me. So they offered me to stay at their house, and I said, no, I'll be fine. I feel better. Pray for me, and I'll feel better. So he did, and I left home, and when I hit my street, I lost it. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to make it. not going to make it. So I get home, and um, I said to myself in that car, I'm very, um, if you know me, I'm very, very, or I do things the right way. I start at Chapter 1, and then I go to Chapter, you know, I don't ever go to the end of the book. I said, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I'm going to the end of this book. I am not waiting another day. So I get to the house. Of course, my husband calls me. He's, you know, I mean, your husband's in here. You know, your wife says I'm not going to make it through the night. I'm afraid. He, I'm flying home right now. No, I'm going to talk to God about this. It's time for me to find out what is happening. So I went through the steps to freedom. It's what they're called. Seven of them. I don't know. If, is there still seven? <laughs> okay, has he added more? Seven Steps of Freedom. And I've told this story to some people, so I'm going to tell this one just to give you an idea of what it is. Did it alone. Put my little two babies to sleep. Laid in my bed. And I spoke every single thing for the first time out loud. And that sounds so strange, but I'd never said some of the things that I participated in. Some of the things that I, bitterness that I felt, some of the people that I were, was angry with never said their names out loud and told God just the way I felt. So from 9 o'clock at night till 2 o'clock in the morning, I did the Steps to Freedom, all seven of them, out loud. And I tease about this book. I've had people say, can I borrow it? And for a minute, I'll be know oh, you don't want to see because this is my steps, right? We all have different ones. We all have different bondages. We all have different issues. We all have deceptions that we've believed for years and years. But one of the big ones that I went through, just to give you an example of how it works, is it was it's bitterness versus forgiveness. And when you do that, he gives you instructions to just write names down. Write them down. Don't even think about it. And I, can, I wrote my oldest sister's name down. She's 12 years older than me. She was the one that lived down the street from us. And I wrote her name down. I thought, why in the world would I be, you know, have unforgiveness against her? But it didn't matter. I'm a, I'm a rule follower. Wrote the name down. So then you say, I, you know, all out loud, there's no, and there, what's so funny is this is just a tool. It's not the gospel. I had to learn that this was what I needed, but God had to bring me through this to get here. So I said, I forgive my sister's name, because. And then I realized if she'd have just taken custody custody of me because she got married when she was 17, if she'd have taken custody of me, maybe I would have not contacted Satan and talked to him and his demons. Got a Ouija board if she would have just taken me. That's a pretty big deal. I never even knew that was there, but God revealed it to me. So, I woke up the next morning my husband called okay he was a nervous wreck (coughs) everything's fine and he goes well what happened I said I went through the steps to freedom and he goes okay and I said oh I thought it was going to be ah, you know I thought I was going to hear angels no I didn't so I got up the next morning I said no it's just a book you know it's fine or whatever and I got up the next morning drove to work and dropped the kids off at their preschool and for the first time in 18 years I didn't hear hit a tree drive off a bridge jump off a boat I didn't hear them and I was amazed amazed when you are tormented like that to not hear it so I started paying close attention the the voices were gone and I say voices because they weren't audible voices but they were here never told a soul But they were gone. And I can say, 18 years, I don't have that anymore. Now, I will say this. I do get negative, right? We all, I mean, I have moments of despair. I have moments of uh, temptation to be deceived again. Uh, That's pretty normal, I think, in our walk. Um, But I know how to fight them now. And I fight the deception with the truth. And I have an arsenal, and I always brought my whole bag in here, and then I thought they'll be I'll be too embarrassed. I have everything that I need, but what do I really need? Is one book. One. Everything was in here. I didn't even know it. Even though I'd said under great teaching, but I didn't learn it. I, I just didn't. So what I did, this little thing right here, and I have two of them, I have one for parenting, for all of you that I have a parenting one too. But this is just for me and I go through it and I bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and if it's something that's not from him it has to go and it does it does because this book that I didn't even look at the name of Jesus is our bondage breaker and once I learn that I'm free and that sounds a little cliche but it is absolutely the truth it's the truth so we have a battle for our mind but we have a battle winner can I say that? about a winner, and it's Jesus, and it's all right there. That's it. That's all I've got. That's my whole... (laughs)